really good friend in the house. You guys have heard him speak before. All the way from Santa Cruz, California. Anybody? Anybody from Santa Cruz, California? We got one, I know at least, a couple right here. But hey, this is a good friend of mine, and he's an amazing pastor, and I just want to say this. I respect this guy not because he's a good pastor and what he's doing in his ministry. I honestly respect him because he's a great friend, and he's an amazing husband and dad and son-in-law right here because he's got his father in here today. He's, he's just an all-around godly man, and I'm learning stuff from him all the time as much as he says he learns stuff from me. Man, when we have godly friends, isn't it like mutual that iron sharpens iron, right? Proverbs 17, 7, I believe, says that. And I want you to know that we're, you're about to be blessed by an amazing word from an awesome man of God. The favor of God is resting upon him and his church. The miracles that God is hooking up for them. Like, I'll let you maybe share some of that if you want to. But Anchor Church, we're pleased and happy to welcome back our friend Danny Bennett. Would you please stand and welcome Pastor Danny as he comes to the stage? Would you welcome him? Awesome. Wow. What's up, Banker Church? Yeah. Happy Friday. All right. Aloha Friday. Well, we love Pastors Carl and Kanani, and thank you so much for that that kind welcome. Uh, We are so excited to be here because we love this church. You have no idea how much you have been an inspiration to us. So it's such an honor to be here to share with you guys tonight. Uh, my name is Danny Bennett, and I'm from Santa Cruz. This is my family here. Uh, well, that's like, there's my family. That's my wife, Jenny, and my daughter, Ruby, and my son, Kale. And uh, she's 10, and he's uh, almost three, and we're in the, the midst of the terrible twos. And uh, we're having fun, though. <laughs> oh, we have a dog named Chancho. That's our little dog right there. We love him too, sometimes. So Jenny and I were really excited to go to Costa Rica for our anniversary a few years ago. We booked a house, we booked the airfare, and we were just stoked. We're in the, we're in the airport, getting ready to get on the flight, and I'm on the phone with my buddy, and he's like, I'm telling him you know, where we're going, and he said, okay, so you're telling me you're going to a house that you booked on the internet that you've never seen before? Are you sure that house is even there? It's like, VB, it's like when VBRO was just starting out, right? And we found this house and it was like a good deal and we booked this thing. But right as soon as he said that, like my heart sank. You know, I'm thinking, oh no. You know, like that pit in your stomach. You're like, oh no, what's going to happen? We're on the airplane. We're in the airport. We're in the rental car. We're driving across Costa Rica. You have to get on a ferry and then drive two hours on a dirt road to get to this place. And the whole time, I have a stomach ache. I'm just thinking, what's going to be, what, what is going to be at the end of this? Is there going to be anything there? And we get there, and we get there in the evening. It's, it's already dark. And thankfully, there was a house there. But I knew there was something, I knew there was something wrong when there was a bat hanging in front of the door. And I got in the house and there's iguanas, there's mosquitoes in the house because there's no, uh, there's no screens on the windows. It's just open air and you could hear the sounds of the jungle. And so it's already late, so we try to unpack and lay down and try to get some rest. 
and I'm already just getting eaten alive by the mosquitoes, right? I, I think I had like 72 on my right side because I slept on my left side, right? But I'm, this is, we hadn't even fallen asleep yet and we're just getting bit alive and, um, and we're trying to fall asleep, you know, but we're just, you kind of, you got know, like the adrenaline pumping, you know? And so we're laying there, we're like, oh man, I really want to fall asleep. And all of a sudden I hear these sounds coming from downstairs, and there's only one way in and out of this house. And we're in the upstairs. And the only way we're going to get out of here is if we go straight through the, through the downstairs. And so I'm like, and, and I'm, I'm laying there and it sounded like there were people. And I, in my mind, I went to the worst case scenario. You know, I'm thinking there's people down there. They're going to kill us and take all our stuff. <laughs> right? And so like, all right, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take one for the team. I'm going to have to walk down there. <laughs> And so I'm tiptoeing down the stairs. And as I get down the stairs, like the, the noise is getting louder and louder. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm conjuring up the best Chuck Norris roundhouse kick. You know, I don't even know how to do one, but I, like, I know, like, I'm going to pull it off. Like, so I'm getting ready for the, the roundhouse kick. I'm just like, okay, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to die trying, you know. So I'm like, the, all that adrenaline is pumping to my heart, just beating out of my chest. And I just like almost could hear my heart as I'm stepping down the stairs. And, and the noise is getting louder and louder. And so I jump and hit the light and get ready for my roundhouse kick. And nothing could have prepared me for what I saw. Hundreds of craps. I went to Costa Rica and got crabs, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking, I couldn't believe my eyes. When I walk in the, in the, in the, in the downstairs, of this, there's hundreds of crabs all over the floor. They're going around in circles in the sink. I mean, they're everywhere. They're covering every surface. And no one told me this, but apparently two times a year, these crabs, they migrate from the ocean to the mountain and then back. We, we, were, we just happened to show up on the day where they're migrating from the mountain back to the ocean. And we ended up getting some bug spray, getting a good night's sleep, getting some waves and having a great vacation. But how many of you guys know everything is scarier in the dark? You know what I'm saying? Everything, everything, when, when it's unknown, when you're in like, like think about who here likes scary movies? You like scary movies? Okay, a couple people here. But okay, so the rest of you, you don't like scary movies. You're like me. You don't. And, and how many of you guys know the scariest part in the scary movie is not when you actually see what is scary. It's the moment right before when that creepy music plays. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, da na 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 And then it's whatever it is, it happens. It's that, it's that moment, that, that moment where you're in the dark. Have you ever been in a place in life where you feel like you're in the dark? Maybe, maybe you're facing a big decision or maybe you're facing a big challenge or maybe you're facing a big loss or unknown circumstances that you could never have planned for. And if you, haven't, if you aren't there right now, you've probably been there, right? And you're in that moment and you're like, God, where are you? I love Psalm 23. You guys know what that is? That's a pretty well-known scripture in the Bible. Even people that aren't religious know Psalm 23. This is the Lord is my shepherd, right? I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He leads me in right path and he guides me in the right paths. And then you get to the next line, right? 
even though I walk through the dark valley. Er, wait, what? I really like those refreshing streams. I like the, res- the restoring of my soul. But we don't like going through the dark valley, do we? We don't want to be there. And sometimes we find ourselves there and our faith falls apart. We want the good stuff from God, but we don't want to walk through these dark times. But let me tell you, friends, much of this adventure of following Christ is about walking in faith when we don't see what the outcome is going to be. And the things that God does in us and through us in the process of being in the dark. We don't like it, but it's part of the package. Think about the people in the Bible, okay? You got Noah. God tells him to build a boat, and it's never rained or flooded, right? So he's, how many years did it take him? He's building this boat. He's, just, he's walking through the unknown. Um, I think about Abraham. How old was Abraham when he finally had the son that God promised him? He was like over 100 years old, right? 100 years, he's in the dark, waiting for God to answer this promise. And then God tells him to bring that son up to the altar up on the hill. And he's up there, and he's like, right? So, I mean, he, Abraham is walking through this. Joseph, God gives him a dream that someday he's going to be a great leader. And most of his life, he spent being sold into slavery, getting thrown into prison, getting thrown back into prison after coming out and doing well for a little bit, right? And then ultimately God fulfills that promise, but he spent a lot of his life walking through the unknown. Moses, 40 years, where? In the wilderness. And he never made it to the promised land. God leads his people through the dark valley. And we don't like it. And we don't want to go there. We don't want to be, we don't want to be in the dark, because we experience the F word, fear. I don't know what F word you were thinking about, but the F word I know of is fear. It's four letters, F-E-A-R. It's uncomfortable being in the dark because we can't be in control, right? We feel alone. But I wanna encourage you that there are some really cool things that God can do when we're walking in the dark, when we're walking through the unknown, if we embrace it and trust him. My wife Jenny and I, uh, we were newly married. We were youth pastors at our church when my wife Jenny had her first panic attack. I had no idea what this was. And pretty soon, this bubbly, joy-filled, life-loving person is so full of fear and anxiety that she can't leave the house. And she's totally depressed. And I'm thinking, how could you be depressed? You're married to me. (laughs) And I prayed for her, and I believed that God could heal her. And people at church said, hey, pray for her. Just have faith. God will do a miracle. And I did. And you know what? I actually think it got worse when I prayed for her. Don't ask me to pray for you after the service. And I'd love to tell you that it was this really quick thing that God did and it was this miracle and wow, he just delivered her from that fear and anxiety. But I'd be lying. And And the honesty of it is, it was a journey that God would take us on together where he would walk us through the dark and the unknown as a couple, learning how to live again. And it took 15 years to walk through that journey together. But what I can tell you is that God never gave up on us. He never left us. 
and we never gave up on him. Even though everything in our life was shouting that God isn't with you, we never gave up our faith. And God walked us through that process. And where, where are we at now? Jenny, my wife, just a month ago, she got third in a surfing contest. We, had, we celebrated our 17-year anniversary. So God has done an amazing work in our life. And it probably wouldn't have been the thing that we would have chose to walk through. But let me tell you, I would, not, I would not change it for anything in the world because it was the stuff that God did in our life along the way, meeting us in the dark place, meeting us in the unknown and walking us through the journey. Amen? So that's what I want to encourage you tonight because, you know, I've gone through, um, I've gone through these times and maybe you have here. And I used to avoid it at all costs. Like any way I can get out of this or, you know, just avoid having to go through the unknown times. But I'm realizing that God has some of the greatest things that he wants to do in our lives if we embrace this process. So I want to talk to you about three opportunities that I don't want you to miss if you're walking through an unknown time in your life or maybe you have in the past. Three things I want to encourage you about today. And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. When I'm in the dark with God, number one, when I'm in the dark with God, I can't rely on myself. And you're saying, wait, that's a bad thing? Our culture is so driven to be self-sufficient, right? We would rather die than rely. I mean, we have so many technologies now where we don't even have to, like, we can go on our phone and order something and we don't have to talk to anybody. We just walk in the store and we just take it off the counter and we leave. You know what I'm saying? We don't have to even, we don't have to rely on anybody anymore. Everything, we're so self-sufficient. But the problem is that it runs counter to our Christianity, because Christianity is not about being self-sufficient, self-reliant. It's about relying on God, right? And so God allows us to go through these opportunities where we can't rely on ourselves. I think about the Apostle Paul, who he's a guy who had it all together. Uh, th this is one of the guys that wrote half of the New Testament. If you're new to the faith, Paul, he wrote the second half of the New Testament. All these letters to the churches. He was a church planner in the first century and he planted a bunch of churches all over and God used them in incredible ways except he wasn't always like that. In fact, he wasn't a Christian. He was a self-sufficient, self-reliant religious leader in the Jewish faith. In fact, he was so angry at these Christians because they were, you know, shaking the boat and they're they teaching this message of grace that Jesus came, the Messiah came. And so he's out there actually trying to persecute people, take down the Christians and kill them. And he's walking on this road and what, what's the most self-reliant, self, um, what's the most dependent place you could be is if you're blind, right? I mean, that's gotta be a really, that's gotta be something where you, you, you know, you gotta have help. And so here's this guy who's super self-reliant. He's walking on this road and God meets him. Jesus meets him right there and instantly he's blind. He's blind because he, he met Jesus. And it wasn't because God wanted him to be blind forever, but it was so that he could experience grace. This guy named Ananias comes alongside him, right? Ananias, his name his name's means, means God's grace. And he ultimately led him and, and helped him become uh, who he would be, you know, to, to bring the gospel around the world. Apostle Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians 1.9. He said, we were under great pressure, because this is now after he's planting all these churches, and he's being persecuted now for his faith, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts, we felt the sentence of death. But this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God 
who raises the dead. So when I'm walking in the dark with God, I can't rely on myself. But that's a really good thing. The second thing I want to encourage us about, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. When I'm walking in the dark with God, I can experience God in new ways. Isaiah 9-2, and this is a prophecy that was, that was written way before talking about the coming Messiah, about when Jesus would come. And it says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark, who live in a dark land the light will shine on them. When we're in the dark, have you noticed this? When when you're in a dark place or you're in a dark room, all of a sudden you become a lot more aware of your other senses. And I think in a spiritual sense, when we go through a dark time or unknown time, if if we allow God to meet us there, our spiritual hearing, our spiritual senses become much more alert. And we get to see God do things that we would never do if we weren't put in that kind of a situation. Last six years of of being a part of of God starting a new church in Santa Cruz, California has been an amazing journey of seeing God meet us. I mean, there's been, I could tell you so many stories um, of different times where, I mean, our family had no money for food. We're down to less than $10 in our bank account. And all of a sudden, $250 worth of cash shows up in our mailbox randomly right? Um, where our church, we, we started an outreach to skateboarders because we have a lot of skaters in Santa Cruz, you know? And so we, we built ramps on the back of the skateboard shop. We had this huge outreach to all these local kids and the skateboard shop lost their lease and they had to close down and we lost our location. We were devastated. We got on our knees and prayed and God totally provided. There was a moment there where we were in the dark and we, we were like, okay, God, what are we going to do? We got to keep this ministry going. And so we prayed And two things happen. God gave us a vision to build an indoor skate park where we can hold church on Sunday also, right? Shouldn't every church have an indoor skate park in their auditorium, right? (laughs) And uh, the skaters are like, yeah. We got this crazy idea. And then we were given a $5 million building out of the blue. It was actually a porn theater in the 70s. And we now serve pancakes there on Sunday. So our story is porn to pancakes. But we, but we gutted it and we built an indoor skate park and it's right next to the high school. And so we have all kinds of, every day there's high school students there. There's little kids in there. We're teaching them how to skate. We're teaching them about, about God. Um, and then we got a vision. Another, I'll just, I'll keep this short because I could talk all night about the, these crazy things that God's done. But we, got, we had an idea. You know, we wanted to plant another campus you know, we're growing and we're just, we're like, okay, we could add another service. But instead of doing that, what if we could add another campus in a different area, you know, maybe 10, 15 miles away so other people can come and be part of our church. And we're praying about it. And God, I'm not kidding you, I got a phone call and, and God gave us a second building. We were given two buildings in two years. And we still have nothing, but we have two buildings. <laughs> it's crazy. Anyways, I just was going to tell you that because, like, you know, we, we literally came to Santa Cruz with nothing in our pockets, with this crazy dream, this vision from God, and we've been walking in the dark all, the whole way, and, but, and everywhere along the way, we get to see God do these things, but we never would have saw that if we didn't step out in faith. And so the third thing I want to encourage you with, when I'm, when I'm walking in the dark, this is the third thing, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, is that when I'm walking in the dark with God, I can grow in faith. I can grow in faith. We, we need faith. Did you know that? 
In order to have a relationship with God, we gotta have faith. But what's the definition of faith? Hebrews 11 gives us a great definition. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope, hope for and certain of what we do not see. And verse, uh, verse six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right, so we can't have a relationship with God without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith, but we can't have faith, we can't grow in faith unless we're in a situation where we need to see something that's not there. It sounds kind of crazy, like, you know, if you actually think about it, but that's, that's, what, that's what it is. That's what God wants for us, is for us to have faith and to grow in our faith. And the only way for us to grow in our faith is to trust him in the dark. Amen? Amen. Okay, I got a few more thoughts for you guys just about how we can meet God in the dark. Because I know there's some people here that you're facing these circumstances right now. Or maybe you're even, you've been walking through a dark season of life. And I want to encourage you tonight not to miss out on what God wants to do in you and through you in this process. Um, and so the first thing that I want to encourage you with, if you're in the dark, remember that God is present. You're not alone. You don't have to walk through life alone. Remember that he's present. That's the second part of Psalm 23, right? It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And the cool thing about that line and that prayer is that this is the first time in Psalm 23 where David gets personal with God. Remember he's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. He guides me. He leads me. And when I walk through the dark valley, I will not fear because you are with me. Do you believe that? Can you pray that prayer today? Can you say, Lord, I'm not gonna fear because you are with me? You know, we can be theoretical and theological about God, but you won't make it through the dark valley unless your faith gets personal. Jerry Cook, um, you guys might know of Jerry Cook. He's, a, he's kind of a legend of mine, and he wrote a book called Monday Morning Church, and he talks in his book about the radical relocation of God. When you read the Old Testament, you see how people interact with God. And it's kind of like this God out there, right? There's people that still interact with God in that way, that he's out there and he's far away. And in the Old Testament, God's spirit would come upon people for specific times and specific things. But then God enters our world in Jesus, right? What's Jesus' name that starts with an I? Emmanuel. Do you know what that means? It means God with us. Jesus' name means God with us. So God out there, God enters our world and, he's, and he, he becomes God with us. But then he doesn't stop there. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go so I can give you the Holy Spirit, right? Because he's gonna go to the Father because Jesus was only physically present in one place. And now, now he's gonna go back to the Father so we can have the Spirit of God with us at all times, everywhere, every day, no matter where we go where we're at. We have the spirit of God. I think we can understand this real easily here in Hawaii because we have the spirit of aloha, right? I might be a haole, but I have the spirit of aloha, okay? I have the spirit of aloha with me because God's spirit, right? God's spirit is with me everywhere. When I first, when Jenny and I first moved to Santa Cruz, we, um, you know, We'd never lived so close to the ocean. We, God blessed us with this awesome house and we're really close to the beach. 
And the first night staying there, I was blown away because I'm laying down on my pillow and I could hear the waves. Man, how cool is that, right? And so, and it, but this particular night, it was like pumping south swell and I'm a surfer. And so I'm laying there just awake, just thinking about waxing my board. Like I couldn't even sleep the whole night, you know? And then just every night after that, I was like, oh man, I can hear the waves. We just leave the window open and just enjoy that. Fall asleep to the sound of the waves. But then you know what happened? One day, I was like laying down in bed and I heard the waves and I realized I hadn't heard the waves in like six months. And it wasn't because the waves weren't still crashing. It wasn't because they were too small. The waves were always there, but it was because I got really busy and I got really focused on other things and I stopped hearing the waves. And I think that's like that. it's like that for some of us when it comes to God's presence. We know that his promise is that he's with us, that he's given us his spirit, but sometimes we forget to listen for the waves. And I want to encourage us to remember that he's present. Remember to listen for the waves. Amen? Yeah. The second thing I want to encourage us with is to resist lighting fires. Okay, if you're taking notes, write that on your, write that, write that on your paper. Resist lighting fires. And you're going, what does that mean? I like lighting fires. It's 4th of July, right? I love lighting fires. In fact, a little bit too much when I was a kid. I lit the garage on fire. But that's another story for another day. My parents were super bummed. But, um, okay, so check this out. I'm at a very pivotal time in my life. This is about seven years ago. And I had some major decisions coming up. And I was like, you know, I was in the dark. It was unknown. I was like, okay, God, what do I do? And God wasn't giving me an answer. You ever had that happen? Except he woke me up in the morning and gave me a scripture. And how do I know that? Because I woke up at 5 a.m., which I never get up that early. And second of all, I had Isaiah 50 on my mind. And I didn't even know what that verse is. So I start reading and I'm reading through it. And when I got to this part, I knew exactly what God was saying to me. Check this out. It's kind of heavy. You ready for this? You okay? Isaiah 50, 10 and 11 says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let the one who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on their God. You're like going, okay, that part's cool. All right, I can buy into that. And then the second part. But now, all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fires and of the torch and the torches you have set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. That's heavy. And what God was saying to me through that was, you can, you can walk in the dark with me and trust me, or you can go light your own fire, but it's going to burn you. How many of you guys know our attempts sometimes to light our own fires, they don't bring about real light they often bring us away from God, the source of true light. And they often burn us. When we go, okay, God, I'm not gonna trust you right now. I'm not gonna wait for you. I'm gonna go do my own thing, right? When we're in the dark, when we're in a situation where we don't know what to do, oftentimes our temptation is to go and light our own fire. And what does that look like? For some, it's different for all of us, right? We all react in different ways. Maybe you're like me, you get angry. And you want to just control the situation and do something to make it work. 
in this specific situation, I know, when I, when I got that, that scripture from the Lord, I know that if I hadn't have listened to him and trusted him, I can look back now and I can tell you that I would not be standing here today with you. And I would not have had the privilege of being a part of God starting a new church in Santa Cruz because I would have gone a whole different direction, starting my own fires, doing something else, thinking it was something that I was supposed to do. And I'm so thankful that I, I waited and I listened and I allowed God to, to lead me because my temptation is to go and make a decision and make something happen, right? Some of us, maybe you're tempted, tempted to escape. Through, there's many different ways. We could fill up a whole whiteboard here of the different ways we want to escape the darkness, the unknown. You know, spending, we love, we go eating, right? Relationships, sex, drinking, substances, we want to escape that, that place of feeling out of control. And the reality is that we're all being led by something. And if we're not going to be listening and being led by God's spirit, we'll be driven by something else. You know what I'm talking about? And we'll light our own fires. And the problem with that is it's not only going to burn us, but it ends up burning the others around us. And instead of trusting God's word and his plan for us, you know, we're afraid that we're not going to get what we want or that God, God doesn't have our best interests at heart. And so we try to go light our own fires. We try to find happiness outside of God, but there's no such thing that exists. Amen? Psalm 62, verse 1, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. There's only one place where our salvation comes. Think about the effects of people lighting fires, okay? Just, just a couple examples, minor, minor examples. Adam and Eve in the garden, right? God's like, here, here's, here's all the trees, except for that one. And what did they do? They light their own fire. They go their own way, and they, they take a bite of that fruit. And we still feel the implications today. Think about Abraham. You know, God promised him a son, but instead of waiting for that son... And it, I'll give him, it was a long time. It was a long time he waited. But right towards the very end, he got impatient. He decided to light his own fire and have a baby with his servant, which was the custom of that day. Like that was, that was socially acceptable. And we're still feeling the results, the implications of that today. So our lives matter in the choices we make to trust God or light our own fires. So instead of lighting our own fires, I want to encourage us today to rely on Jesus. If you're taking notes, write that down. Rely on Jesus. Jesus understands what it is to walk through the dark. Think about that. He took all of our sins, all of the fires that we lit of all humanity, all the suffering, all the pain, all the sickness, all the death that that brought about. And he took it on himself and he went through the ultimate darkness because he took it to the cross. Like he actually died with that on him. And in just for a moment, this is, this is a split, split second where, where it brought about the separation between him and the Father. Matthew 27, verse 45, 46. From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over the, all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus went through the ultimate darkness so we would never have to. He went through death to bring us life. He went, not only went through the darkness, but he overcame the darkness 
so he could bring us light. Hebrews 12 encourages us. Uh, verse 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The scriptures are full of places where God offers us peace in exchange for our fear and worry. And it starts with allowing Christ to take the throne of our hearts where we would trust him and rely on him and let him lead us. That's where we find rest. I want to read you a scripture, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8. Place your trust in the eternal. Rely on him completely. Never depend upon your own ideas and inventions. Give him the credit for everything you accomplish, and he will smooth out and straighten the road that lies ahead. And don't think you can decide on your own what is right and wrong. Respect the eternal. Turn and run from evil. If you depend on him, your body and mind will be free from the strain of a sinful life, will experience healing and health, and will be strengthened at their core. So I want to encourage you to rely on Jesus tonight. And the last thing I want to leave you with is one last point. You can write this down in your notes. The last thing I want to tell you today is, is when you're walking through the darkness, I want to encourage you to refuse to stop. Refuse to stop. Because it says that even though I walk through the darkest valley, it doesn't mean we have to stop there. Amen? We keep going through. When you're walking through a dark time or unknown time, refuse to stop. Keep walking with God. Keep trusting. My daughter, Ruby, um, you saw her. She's 10 in the picture. We have a, a date every Friday because I'm off on Fridays and, um, and she has um, half day at school. And so we go on a date every Friday. And we've been doing this for years. When she was two, we were doing this. And we went to the McDonald's play, playground. I remember it like it was yesterday. You know the playground inside McDonald's? You guys ever seen one of those? These things are awesome. If you're a young parent, you know about this. You know what I'm talking about. Because you can go there and you can feed your kids and their sanity for just a moment, right? And uh, so we're in there, we're hanging out. And my daughter, Ruby, she loves to go on the slides. And this particular playground has, it's kind of like, they, it's kind of like the Olympics of slides because they've got like three different slides and they've got the first slide, it's the green slide. This is kind of like the bunny slope, okay? This is like, we get you started, the beginners, you know? And so it's like the baby, the baby slide. So she starts out there, she's bored pretty quick. She moves on to the red slide. And the red slide's kind of like next level, you know what I'm saying? It's got moguls, it's got some turns, you know what I'm saying? This thing is a little steeper, a little faster, a little higher. But then if you want to go pro, you want to go to the next level, we got the double black diamond, the purple slide. And so she makes it past the red slide. And my daughter, she's this two-year-old little girl. And she's climbing all the way up there. She's heading for the purple slide. She's going to conquer that purple slide. And she gets all the way up there. And it, like, it takes her a while because it's pretty, it's pretty high. Like I, I'd be kind of scared to go on the purple slide. And she gets up there. And, and this thing is, it's next level. I mean, it's got turns. It, I mean, it flips like this. It's, and it's fully enclosed. So you're in the dark the whole way down. And so she's up there and I hear her and little Ruby, I remember her little voice. Dada, I'm scared. It's okay, Ruby. I'm right here. I'll catch you. I'm right here at the bottom. You got this. And I'm coaching her. This went on for a few minutes, right? Now, and right now there's other kids like waiting in line. And so she's like looking back and she and the trip getting down past the other kids is now looking worse than actually going on the slide. She's, you know, you're, you're, been like, you're kind of in that situation like, okay, do I go? Do I not? And she's up there and, Dad, I'm scared. But finally, she builds up the courage 
And, I, and she's like, all right, Dada, here I go. Shoop. And I heard the sound, but no Ruby. And all of a sudden, Dada, I'm scared. And she slid halfway down the slide and went like this. And she's stuck in the middle of the purple slide. And it's so dark. And she's so afraid. And tears are coming down her face. Dada! Right? And there's nothing I could do at this point. I'm just like, Ruby, it's okay. I'm right here. Let go. Just let go. You got this. And this went on for a couple minutes, you know, and she's just, oh my gosh, she's freaking out. So finally, she slides down the bottom of the slide. She's got, oh man, her face is just red with tears, tears coming out of her face. She gives me like the biggest hug, like a little, little opihi, you know, she's just like holding on to me and she's holding me. She's like, and she's like, Dada, can I go again? But that's how we are, you know, when we go through times like that, where we get, you know, we, we, we have those, those mechanisms built into us where we, we know, we, we fight, we flight, or we fright, you know, and we just, we just stop and we freeze up. But, but I want to encourage you today, if you're walking through an unknown time, keep trusting, keep walking, keep listening, and he will strengthen you. He will lead you. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me and pray tonight? And I want, I want to respond because I, I know God is speaking to us right now. And he wants to encourage us right now. Where in your life are you walking through darkness? Or maybe there's some people here, you're walking through the dark without God. And you're realizing it's not, it's not good. And the encouraging thing is you don't have to walk through life alone. Jesus went through the ultimate darkness so that we can walk in the light and we can have the presence of God with us every step of the way. Isaiah 30, 31 says, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Will you pray with me? While well, your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, there's some people here and maybe you're like me and, and you need to meet God. You need to, you need to remember that he's with you. You need to trust him. You need to surrender and let go tonight. And I want to pray for you too. And there's some people here, and maybe tonight, your decision is you need to invite Christ into your life because you've been walking through life in your own, in your own light. You've been lighting your own fires. And you don't have to walk through life alone. The Bible tells us it's simple. We can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we'll be saved, that we'll have a relationship with God forever, in eternity, in heaven. And every day we walk through this life, we can experience the presence of God, the power of God with us. If that's you tonight, and you're saying, yeah, Danny, I, I need to open up my life to Jesus. Would you simply look up and raise your hand up to me right now? If you're here tonight and you're, you're gonna open up your life, yes, sir, I agree with you. Yes, over there, I agree with you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I agree with you. Yeah, right there. I agree with you. That is so, yes, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Awesome. That is so cool. That's the best decision you can ever make. Anyone else? I don't wanna miss this moment with you, between you and God. You're gonna raise your hand and say, yeah, I'm opening up my life to Jesus tonight. 
Okay, while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, we're just gonna pray this simple prayer. And we're gonna say, and you don't have to repeat after me, just, just, I'm gonna pray this prayer, but I want you to be agreeing with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for creating me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for offering truth and wisdom for my life. And thank you for coming and giving your life in my place. Thank you for going through the ultimate darkness so that I can walk in the light and have a relationship with you. I believe you died on the cross and forgave all my sins. I believe you rose from the grave so that I can experience true life. And I believe you prepare a place for me in heaven that I'm gonna be with you someday. And Lord, I just wanna pray for all of us here that are walking through unknown circumstances. Maybe there's people that are here that have prayed and you've spoken them a promise and it's been a long time and it feels like they're in the dark. I pray that you would encourage them to trust you tonight. I pray that you would encourage them to rely on you. There's some people here that maybe they're, they're questioning, they've been doubting just because their circumstances surrounding them feel really dark right now. Lord, I pray that you would encourage them, build them up. Lord, remind them that you're with them tonight. Put your trust in him. Rely on your God. He will not let you down. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Lord, I thank you for each of my friends here tonight that made a decision, some for the first time, to put their trust in you, to rely on you. I thank you that you went through that ultimate darkness for me, that I may never walk alone again. And I thank you for promising me, promising us that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, we're seeking you tonight. And we're okay walking in the dark if we know you're with us. Even if there's no light, even if our circumstances are unknown, because you're there to guide us. Help us not to light our own fires, Lord. Help us to trust you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Was that good for you guys tonight? I just want to touch on that. Um, my takeaway is uh, it's the purple slide. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, want, I want you to think about that for a minute because every one of us, we've got some kind of a purple slide we're on right now. Some of us are stuck in the middle, and some of us, it is a long slide. You know, I, what I appreciated was that a part of the word and the part of the message with, that Danny shared about the, the journey for him and Jenny that they walked through, and that you said it was like 15 years. Some of you guys need to know that that slide that you're on, it's long, but it's still going to be good at the end. That I was just thinking about that. There's some things that sometimes we just want stuff to be done so quick, and God goes, the journey is going to be worth it at the end. If I took you on the, what was it, the red side, <laughs> the green side, you went the easy route, you, you wouldn't have the, the blessing and the payoff at the end. But when you're on that long one and you got to walk through those dark times and you understand how real God is and you come face to face with reality and who you are and what your faith is made of, then that's good for you. Believe me, I read those prayer requests and the cards. I was reading all of them that you guys turned in last week, just this past week, yesterday and today. 
There's people on that purple slide, and that purple slide has the word cancer on it. There's people on there that has the word divorce is looming. There's, a, there's purple slide people there that are going, I, I, I'm in debt, and I, I don't even have any money. I don't even know if I have a job. There's a lot of stuff. I don't know what you're all dealing with, but I, I read those things, and I can relate. I got some stuff I'm going through in my own journey. But man, I, I was super encouraged tonight by what my friend had to share tonight, that, that hope is found in God alone. The salvation is in him alone. And the, the God that we serve is the God that sent his son to go down the purple slide first for all of us. You know what I'm saying? He went and carried that cross for us. He knows what it's all about to offer us hope that there is light at the end of the tunnel. So I don't want to make too light of it because some of you guys are sitting here tonight and it's all you can do to keep from bursting into tears right now or holding in what God's doing because you're in a rough moment right now. But I pray that you would release some of that to God tonight. I pray that that word could be possibly the word that in season that you needed to turn a new leaf, a new chapter of your relationship with God tonight. I believe he's working. He's stirring some up, some stuff up right now. And I, I just would encourage you, let it happen. Keep walking. Keep on expecting God to move. And that it might take longer than you think. But man, it's a good journey. And the payoff is good because you're your father's waiting for you at the bottom of that journey. Is that good for you guys tonight? Man, can we just give it up for Danny? Thank you for that word tonight. I'm super encouraged. Thank you.